This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody. No gills today. Ladies, it's okay. He'll be back maybe next week. Schedules kind of got out of hand this week, getting everyone here at once. We did the best we can, but the dogs were available and they too are on hand. We're sponsored by The Fridge. The Fridge at the corner of West Loop and Claflin right here in Manhattan. Make sure you go check out all the deals at The Fridge. If you don't have their app, get their app. You get the deals texted right to your phone. You can hop in your car on a moment's notice and get the deal. I hate to be that guy, Fitz, but it's Westport. What did I say? West Loop. It was almost like Fran Fraschilla last oh. night. Fran Fraschilla last night calling uh, Bill Self Tom Izzo. Did anybody else Eri- catch no. that? Erase the whiteboard. It's been zero days, zero podcasts since Fitz incorrectly got the street names wrong. Oh, on. I got a statement I got to read. <laughs> I would like to apologize to Riley Gates for offending him by not knowing the names of streets by the liquor store we both love. This is a great personal offense to Riley, who gets to hit me upside the head twice next time we see each other and call me dumbass. <laughs> now back to regular program. Hang on. Don't you think of think of and consider yourself as a man of faith? And there's a line drive by Cassianos, and that'll be a four one what was the score? That, that was not even close to what he said, uh, but I get the reference. Okay. I tried my best. That was really bad. Yeah, I will admit bad. that. <laughs> yeah, how dare you make a mistake on this podcast? Anyhow, <laughs> the point is, go to the fridge, get their app, check out all the prices, order online, pull up, call them, and they'll bring it out to your car. It is the ideal liquor store for a lazy, fat, old guy like me. The fridge at the corner of this and that. I don't know the real street's names. Right here in Manhattan. Bam! Let's get going to your questions from Wabash Station. This is going to be interesting. I don't know what I'm in for. Folks, I don't see the questions beforehand. I, they're all fresh to me when they come off the question tree. Cole, start picking those questions off the tree. Cole Carmody. The first question comes from Ned. How many months into remote pandemic press conferences would it take you to get an earpiece for your coaches so they don't have to lean into the camera to hear a question? It's very, very valid. Yeah. I've talked about... There's a lot of Kaden. There's a lot to unpack here with my pet peeves, and I'm glad you tripped into it because at this point, if you're Kansas State or any institution using Zoom on a regular basis, get a backdrop, get a microphone, get the whole setup so it's properly lit. He's properly. I don't know what that. Just I don't want 
Home football games last year were perfect. 2020. I don't, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, because they did it at this podium. They did it like a real press conference with the lighting and the microphones. Did it in a little hallway. The it's NFL did it. The NFL does it right. I, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I don't want And my other side of this is ESPN. You're not paying for these guys to travel to games half the time now. Could you pay to get them consistent backdrops and equipment? I don't want to see their their family photos and bookshelves back there, and all of a sudden you spot some pornographic novel on the back shelf. Well, I haven't. I just made that up. Fox Sports does it right. I, the games that, at least for football, where none of the announcers were there, I remember saying, hey, there's remote announcers because there was a camera set up looking out at the field that would get like the field backdrop of the actual field, and they would plaster it behind the announcers who would work multiple games a day, but you know we don't have to talk about that. But they would, it would at least look professional. Right, because they were not at their homes. They were at a studio. Right. They all went to a central studio and did games, which makes sense. But if you're going to have guys doing games, give them consistent backdrops, consistent setups, consistent lighting. Worldwide leader. I got something you can lead. Next question. Next question comes from Contra Cat. How critical is the next 30 days to men's basketball? Wow. I'm not even thinking 30 days in advance. Contra's with the the long-term outlook here. 30 days <sighs> long-term. That's just, that's just <sighs> if we're considering 30 days long-term, that just says how critical the next few games are for the program. Really, either result. When is Selection Sunday? The weekend of the 13th. Is so it's Sunday within, the 13th? Is that a Sunday? Yes. Yes. So that's within the 30 days then. So they've got two home games on Saturday and then a Texas Tech game on Monday. It appears there's a report on the Twitter machine that K-State and BYU are talking about March 2nd, which is a Wednesday, where BYU would come into Manhattan. Now, they're not going to announce that this week. I don't think they'll wait till you got to win Saturday. If you don't win Saturday, you don't. What are you doing? I mean, if you can't beat Iowa State at your own court, you're pretty much done unless you win the Big 12 tournament. I mean, you're, if you lose Iowa State, you're probably losing Tech. You're now staring at 7-11 at best. I think Oklahoma's going to come in here. They're on the bubble. We, we act like K-State's the only program on the bubble. The other teams have things to prove, including Iowa State and Oklahoma. Tech doesn't want to screw up. They want to be a number two seed. They're in that hunt. The lack of urgency I saw, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be huge the next two weeks. Because if they don't get in the tournament, then it does get really interesting. But it's not like they don't get in the tournament, they'll fire them the next day. I mean, they'll go play the NIT. They'll, you know, woo, I'm fired up. Um, remember, folks, I hope the mic picked that up. <laughs> I really hope the mic picked that up. That was the dog. Excuse, excuse you, Daphne. Whew. We're in a closed space here. Um. Don't don't get rid of your parking credentials, folks. That's right. Don't get rid of that parking pass. It's, an, it's a long-time running joke in the media room. In fact, I'm the only one old enough to know it. Save those parking credentials. You're going to have to cover the NIT. Uh, Will they get a home game in the NIT? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. With that kind of attendance, I hope not. Am I weird for thinking that 
The next 30 days mean absolutely nothing to the program because I'm convinced that K-State is going to have a new coach next year. And it doesn't matter if they make the tournament. It doesn't matter if they make the NIT. At the end of the day, this question is asking about the next 30 days. How critical is it for the long-term effect? I'm going to say it's practically meaningless because I, I, you just think it's, I just think it's inevitable at this point. Well, I think it's critical from a timing standpoint. Because if K State, you know, if you're K State, let's say you lose in the Big Twelve tournament, you know, you're you're idle for you know until the NIT comes around. If you even decide to accept an NIT bid, I guess technically they could can him right at the yeah. Big Twelve tournament, like they did to Jim Oldridge, and just say, you know, that's it. You know, we're going to start our coaching search now. You know, that move if you move your coaching search up, if you're gonna if that's what you're going to do, you lose access to quite a few programs because there's still you know. Half the teams now make some sort of postseason tournament, it seems. That's an exaggeration, but you get my point. There would be more if they still had the Vegas 8. (laughs) Sure would. You love that thing. Vegas 16 down to Vegas 8 and then Vegas 0. I still think the Vegas 8 could be a big deal. I still think if you're Kansas State and you don't get in the NCAA tournament, do you want to go play in the NIT or do you want to go to the Vegas Eight and play other good teams and get a free trip to Vegas? But not, but not good enough teams to make the NCAA tournament. Well, no, I mean it's always going to be the secondary teams. I, I still think it's a great idea. What happened was K State was going to go to it, and then they just totally backed out of anything. And there went the Ocho Eight. They should move the NIT to one central location. I don't disagree with that. And if you want it to be Vegas. Make it Vegas. Well, move it to ESPN in, in Orlando. That works too. I mean, make it just make it for TV. Yeah. Are you all in agreement with me that? No, you're not in agreement. I with don't me? even know what you're going to say. I don't agree with you at all. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. Just the fact that it this it just feels blech. Like after that loss to KU, I mean, the expectation was that there was no way K State was winning that game, right? Sure, they scored 83 points, but whenever KU shoot 65% from three-point range and whatever they shot. It was unreal. There's no way K-State's winning that game. And quite frankly, I don't think any team in the country beats KU the way they played. Not that way. So I guess... I also think Bill Self said, screw the defense. Let's run up and down. Let's have fun. They can't outscore us, period. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. I just feel like there's nothing... The players are not going to give up. That's one thing we've learned about this team is that even when their backs are against the wall, they're still going to fight. So I expect them to come out and be in these next three games. Maybe maybe not Tech, but the other two games, they're going to have a chance to win right at the end of the game. I just feel like the the shininess that maybe there was with, oh, K-State's on the bubble. Sure, you might think that they still are, but I just feel like it's kind of after that KU loss, it's like, all right, you see how far you have to go. And even if you make the tournament, even if you make the first four, even if you win a game, like what is the what's the end result going to be? I mean, unless you have major improvements next season, you're not looking at a team that can is going to be able to consistently compete in the upper half of the Big Twelve of the Big Twelve Conference. Unless they clear out the roster, get rid of dead weight, and bring in a whole other class of transfers that has this kind of impact when they get get back to the three guys that transferred. So I I don't know I, I the next thirty days actually. I don't think uh, we'll come to much conclusion. They're going to go to the NIT unless they totally collapse and have a losing record and don't get invited or they pass on it. So 30 days from now, we won't have a new head coach at Kansas State. Yeah. I mean, they'll be in the process, but unless you're hiring within, pretty much informally needs to stay open two weeks. Oh, I just, I just think 
if you lose enough games here over the closing stretch and in the Big 12 tournament and you know what the end result is, I just don't see any benefit to having a lame duck NIT run or any postseason tournament for that matter. Is there any chance that if they make the NIT that and they don't feel like that Bruce is the guy, they say, hey, Bruce, you're gonna we're going to let you go and Shane, you're going to coach the rest of the way or Henderson I or think Lowry. That, like, I think that's a reasonable expectation. I, I think it, I think that's if K-State does not make the NCAA tournament and they get invited to the NIT, A, those players need to play in the NIT. But B, that should be the end result. That's a good. That's a really good formula, Cole. Because then you start your search while the guys are still engaged in playing, and they're not going to be far removed from basketball if you make a quick hire. And then you bring in a guy, and he's going to be super awesome, and maybe he keeps the roster together. But at this point, I don't care if the roster. I love Nigel Pack. I hope he hangs in the rafters someday. But. If he packs up and leaves because they changed coach, okay. Well, the reason we're in this predicament is you're a great player, but you were also part of the downfall of K-State basketball. I, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have him, but there's no one that's worth putting your program continuing this process. It's just too painful. <clears throat> but I, I'll say this. The next two weeks, the next set three games, would you describe Iowa State and Oklahoma both as 50-50 games? Yeah. Roughly? Sure. I, mean, I think I think I think Oklahoma may be a little bit more of a 65 first for K-State, but I I I think the matchups for K for Iowa State, I mean, we saw in the second half. K-State looked they looked like the better team against Iowa State. I've thought all year that K-State's better than Iowa State. I actually think K-State has a great chance to play play Somewhat have they played against West Virginia, the first game against Oklahoma State. They got a great chance to win both those games. So I'd probably give it a little little better than 50-50. But, yeah, I mean, you could see them winning both games, and you could see them losing both right. games for sure. Yeah, and probably based on odds, they'll split them. Mm-hmm. If they split them, they're done. They really are. It's just you're out of time here. I mean, if you don't go 2-1, and one, you're going to go to Kansas City with a 500 mark on your season. You've got to win the tournament at that point. You're going to win all three games. I just don't see how they're going to do it. Next question comes from Duria. What exactly does K-State need at this point to make the tournament and get out of the next four out slash first four out category? They need to win every game on their schedule. They need to beat BYU if that happens. They need to make it to the semifinal of the Big 12 mm-hmm. tournament. So you you say even beat Tech? Yeah. Oh, if, if to get for sure off the bubble? Oh, for sure off yeah. the bubble. Yeah. Yes. Off yes. the bubble. Well, I guess this is next four out, first four out. No, I I'm, yeah. I think they damaged themselves. Yeah. I think the Oklahoma State game, and I think they've got a real problem here. And it's not we don't have enough wins. It's you have too many losses. The losses are substantial. But if you can win the next three, you're four games above 500. You add BYU, you win that, you're five games above 500. You can't go to Kansas City and lose immediately. So you go one and one in Kansas City. You lose in the semifinals, as you mentioned, but you're five games above 500. You're now at what I think 19 and 14. If I did my math right there, you're probably in. I would agree with that. And you got a nice win against Tech. So I, I'm not buying all these people say it's over. It's not over. If I've learned one thing from the 73 years I've covered Bruce Weber basketball teams, you're old. That's been a long time. Um, when the backs are against the wall, they come out fighting. They really do. He always gets his boss in this pickle. I mean, they weren't supposed to make the tournament in 
whatever, 17, what was that? Yeah. And they made it. They got in the first four, beat a bad Wake Forest team. And then they just got smoked. They shouldn't have been in the tournament. They just weren't a good team, but they snuck in. and It's what he does. And it, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if what we just said, if that happened. Like, I, I'm not ready to say that they're going to get their doors blown out against Texas Tech just because they beat them. Just because they beat them already. Like, I, you have I, to give them the benefit of the doubt of the benefit of the doubt there, right? They've done it before. We're not ready to say, oh, they're going to go into Lawrence and win. Nobody was ready to say that because they had their opportunity to do it against KU, and they didn't do it. So you knew that the odds of them winning that game were low. Same thing with Baylor. They looked awful against Baylor the first game. They looked awful against Baylor the second game. But every other team in the Big 12, they've matched up with, and they've ha- either had a chance to beat or beat all of them. So I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go into Lubbock and get the doors blown off of them because matchup-wise, both teams really don't score the basketball and both teams typically play defense. They didn't play defense on Tuesday night, but typically play defense. So I'm not ready to say that they're going to get their doors blown off, but I think it's more likely to, that they do exactly what you just said than them just to roll over and die because of the leadership that some of those guys have. I just think they came so close at Iowa State. There's so many games, if you look at K-State's season, that they win, uh, that they've won, even some games they lost, they could have gone either way. There, there hasn't been a really... Really, the Texas Tech game that they won this year is the only game that you sat there during the game thinking, K-State thoroughly won this basketball game. TCU on the road? Mm, yeah, maybe a little bit. But at least home games, you know, games against teams that are still on their schedule, that Texas Tech game was truly the best performance at least as a basketball team that they put together this year. <laughs> yeah, they could do it. But it's the Big 12. They're going to Texas Tech. No, I don't think they will. I'm just I saying just, it could happen. I, th- I, I guess know, I'll I, say this. Uh, listening to the postgame radio on Tuesday night, you could tell Coach Weber is genuinely worried that Oklahoma State broke his team, that they're just done. They, they've been fighting and fighting, and they let that one get away. That one was so key. And now they're they're beginning to understand the math, and they're like, well <laughs> – we're kind of we're in big trouble here, and it showed up. They did not look engaged, and damn it, I'm tired of a K-State team not looking engaged in a game in which there's no excuse not to be involved and motivated. But it happens over and over. It's just tiring. I mean, the fact that K-State went to overtime two weeks in a row against Iowa State and Oklahoma State, it just that should just define what the season is. Right. They win one, they lose one. That's their competition. That's the level of team that they belong with. And, you know, they play Iowa State on Saturday and it's a coin flip. And we know how the fl- we know how the flip of the coin happened last time. So I just I think it's tough to expect anything other than one and two at best right now. If you get two and one, you're happy, but you got to make that final and maybe even win it just to to ease any sort of doubt and beat BYU. OK, next question from Get Out More Cat. There are still a few games to go, but has this season changed how you'll remember Mike McGurl versus if he left after last season? Not really. Not really. Me neither. I thought he was a warrior last year. I mean, it was such a miserable year. I gained more respect for him, to be honest. Oh, last you. year, yeah. I, th- I, was, I was really impressed with him. I almost feel for him if they come back and don't get to the tournament. Because, I mean, he was done. And he decided to come back to get... 
get to the tournament, if they fall short, wah, wah. I feel bad for him. I like Mike. He's, is he a great basketball player? No. Is he big, starting at Big 12 level? No, he shouldn't be. But you want him on your roster. He will go to war for you, and he'll pop up and have a big game on occasion, and he'll defend his heart out, and he'll go fight the big guys for rebounds. Hell, yeah, you want him on your roster. I, I think he's a he's a great young man. I think he's a great player for what his role should be. He's just been asked to do too much sometimes. Mike McGurl is the definition of a K-State person. Like I, I, I think that's the best way I can put it because he has been here through everything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was on those really good teams. And then he was on the really bad teams, and he, he stayed. And so I think that's he's, – he's a representation of what people from K-State like to claim themselves as, right? You're there through the thick and the thin. And I, I gained a lot of respect for Mike McGurl this year because um, this is who Mike McGurl has been all the years he's been here except for last season. Last season he said, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to have to play not like Mike McGurl but like Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and try and do that. And this year, he, he, he's understood, hey, I, I just have to go out and be me. And my, the normal Mike McGurl makes two three-pointers a game and gets a layup with a couple steals. And if that Mike McGurl shows up, Casey has a great chance to win. Okay. And that's how it's been the other three years he's been here. And I gained a lot of respect for him knowing that he probably wasn't going to be the man that he was last season to come back and say, I'm going to be a team player. If Mike McGurl ever wants to get into coaching, there's always going to be a spot yep. for him in Manhattan. I would agree. I think I think Mike McGurl for five years is kind of what Roddy Magruder was his freshman year. You know, pitch in a little bit, be here and there. That's the level Rodney his freshman year. That's the level that Mike was for his career. That was just kind of a role player. Mm-hmm. You might get ten points a game here and there, but you're there to kind of take the load off of the big guys for a little bit. Do we remember Mike McGurl's recruiting? Like, do we remember how there was nothing, okay? Like, nothing. And that's no disrespect to Mike. But he K-State was his only offer. I have his 24-7 pulled up right here. You want to know the two schools that were interested in him? Kansas State and Hofstra. Hofstra? Hofstra. The number nine player in Connecticut. And he comes to K-State and has a five-year career. Mike McGurl is an overachiever, and he has had a great K-State career. And so... I, I've enjoyed covering him. I've enjoyed watching him, and I'm I'm sure he's proud to be a K State K State Wildcat. So, next question, the last question of the first half, comes from Ema Wildcat eighty two. Should K State try to schedule a COVID makeup for March eighth? Who will be good opponents to plug the hole in our resume? We kind of talked about this. Yes, yeah, I forgot. I put this question in yeah. at this point. <laughs> I if there's a game that makes sense and there's a reason to play it, play it. Give the kids every opportunity to play. You can't. If you want Weber gone, what are you worried about? Are you worried that he'll win? And that's been my point. And it sounds like they're trying to get a home game. I understand why they want a home game. What I don't understand is why you feel the need to play a game, but you need it at home. If you really think you're tournament worthy, you go on the road. You go on the road. You want added value off playing this game? You go on the road. I mean, you, it's, you get more. It's a quad two win in Manhattan over BYU. It's quad one win on the road. You go on the road. 
You can't call yourself the road dogs and <laughs> duck out of uh, a must-win, off-the-cuff, makeup play-in game for the NCAA tournament saying, oh, we, you know, we go to Wichita State, we go to TCU, we go to wherever. They, they really haven't been as good on the road as they've claimed they are. Texas. They go to Texas. You know, that's another game that could have easily gone the other way, too. you got to give them credit for winning, though. I'll give them credit for the wins, but at the same time, when your margin of victory or loss is five points either way, it's just it's kind of crazy. But if you're, if you're going to call yourself the road dogs with the road record you have and you're trying to get in the NCAA tournament and you know that a road win will help your case for the bubble, but you want to play it at home to get a little advantage from an empty stadium why it's just it, it's ridiculous what are we doing and don't you give yourself a little bit more padding if you go on the road because a if you want still want that glimmer of hope because let's just let's just play the what if game here k-state wins on saturday and then somehow they beat texas tech on that monday and so then you can go on the road and potentially lose to say another bubble team and you could say what but but it was on the road, and we just beat Texas Tech. And then you come home and you play Oklahoma. And if you win that game, you can kind of say, well, we tried, right? I mean, because right. you know that would be the excuse. Now you don't have that excuse. So, honestly, I'm a little surprised that K-State doesn't want to play on the road because now if you lose that game, there's no excuse. And we know how much certain people within this basketball program like excuses. Yeah. it's. I, I don't understand. We, we belong in the NCAA tournament, but – we're going to go play another game because we don't, we're not in. And then, oh, we're going to play at home because we might lose. Well, then why, why are you doing it? It's like, it's literally scheduling an NIT tournament, an NIT tournament game before the NIT starts. Yeah. There's a chance. (laughs) That's what this is. These two teams could play and neither one of them makes it in the tournament. And they're both in the NIT and run into each other again. Or this is like, when uh, 2020 in the pandemic season for football, TCU was one win away from making a bowl game. They had a game canceled, like a non-conference game canceled. So they scheduled Louisiana Tech at the very end of the season or some team. Big 12 was over. Right? It was the last week of the regular season. And because they wanted to make a bowl game, they scheduled a mid-major. There was no rules for bowl games in 2020. Well, not maybe not at that time. But they definitely scheduled. They scheduled. They were scheduling games just to get games. In. Right. They weren't. Right. It wasn't for bowl eligibility. Well, still. But what are you doing playing a mid major? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, to improve your bowl status. Maybe like that's kind of it, what that reminds it me was, of. It was. It was the Wild West in 2020. I, I appreciate the argument. I'm not saying it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. We'll be back after this break. I'm gonna try to get my throat to cooperate. I've got a, I got, I got a scratchy throat, Cole. It didn't mean anything weird about that. It's just I had surgery, and they stuck something down my throat. Oh, we're going to break. Screw it. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Coles Carmody's, right here from the GPC Studios in Manhattan, Kansas. Make sure you stop into the fridge every time you come to town. Make it a regular habit. Just stop in. Like, uh, just say hi. Hi, everyone. We're in town. Just thought, come by and see our friends. Okay. You want to buy anything? No. We're good. Just be nice. Where's it at again? At the corner of this and that, right up here. Okay. By a Taco Bell that's always dark. Yeah. The weirdest Taco Bell ever. They'll have a line blocking the street, and it never moves. I don't know. Let's get on with the questions from Wabash Station. Cole, take it away. First question of the second half comes from Mr. K. Ned. Who was the most frustrating pass big man you have watched that would put this team in the tournament if played over this group? Malween. Yeah. Oh, he, we consistently rebounded and defended. They just get that. They're better off. He was horrible. No, he horrible. wasn't as bad as this group. Two years ago, he was terrible. The most remarkable stat to come out of the game Tuesday night was the combined three big men played 30 minutes with zero turnovers. And Davion had the first two points of the game. Mm. Actually looked Hot like start. freshman Davion for a second and then got tired. For literally one second. Luis Cologne? <sighs> he was frustrating. Yeah, that was frustrating. I don't know if he's good enough. I was going to say Stephen Hurley. Oh, I'd take Malween over Hurt any day. Yeah, I think I would, too. But I think Stephen Hurt on this team has some... Stephen, yes. I think you could go through all of the big men big in the last 10 years and say, yeah, that guy's better, that guy's better. Bolden, the guy that had one good block and then never played again. Broke his arm? Did he break his arm on the block? No. Okay. Um, I'd take him. At least you have some upside, Look, some he, potential. The, the problem with this team is in points. I mean, they, they're getting points. They're just they're not getting enough big man stuff, defending, rebounding, and putting in the ball when it lands in their hands two feet from the basket. Big man stuff. No, Mac wasn't always good at that, but he'd be an improvement over what we're seeing. He could them. get rebounds. You're right. I, I do remember that about him. He defended great. He, he used that that high post. Screen. I'm I'm curious now. They're so much better at passing the ball on the pick and roll now than they were then. How his numbers would have looked because he didn't have great hands, but I think he 
probably better than what we're seeing this year. But he, so his far. sophomore and junior season, he was not bad when no. he when he played with Barry and Dean yeah. and, and Cam. But when he it was him, when he was the guy, his senior year with with X, it was no, it, was, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. Didn't have a true leader, and neither one were ready to be the guy. So okay, this is the last thing I'll ask about this question because this has me intrigued now. Um, who is the you said? this past big man but who is the worst past big man who you could think of that would be a starter on this group this is that's the question is it though yeah is it worst or frustrating because maywin was the most frustrating which really means bad past big man who is who is the worst big man you could take from k-state basketball past and put them on this team and they're still better than the rest of the guys on the team. So they would theoretically start. Diaz, who played for Frank Martin. That'd be my now answer. Now we're just pulling names out of our butt. You got names up there? That's kind of weird. Mm. Huh. Doesn't change your answer, though? No. Okay, I guess I'm, I'm never asking questions again. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Cat in a Trap. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you think Gene Taylor underestimated fan discontentment uh-huh. when he decided to retain Bruce Weber uh-huh. the last two years. If so, do you think he is getting the message now since uh-huh. attendance is atrocious? There's no way he's not. No way. If he's not getting the message, we got a bigger issue here. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> he knows. Let's not get it twisted. He knows. There's no way he can't look around and know the number of tickets he's actually sold compared to the number of people actually attending. That's a pretty harsh message. No... It's not like they people said, well, we're just not going to buy tickets anymore. We're done. I mean, that's a pretty clear message. But the message here is, hey, we like K-State basketball more than you. We are willing to spend money on something we don't want to watch, but we're not going to come spend any more money on that team. We're just not giving up our seats because we expect you to do something. I do think he underestimated the level of displeasure out there with fans. And how would he not have? I mean, we were so disconnected from, you know, fans last year, right? I mean, they weren't going to games. mm -hmm. There was no congregating. There was no cat backers. There was no meetings. It was all Internet-based. And it's easy to say, well, Twitter isn't a reflection of the fan base. I think we're getting to the point now where Twitter's a pretty damn good reflection of the fan base if you look around the stands. So if last year wasn't a pandemic season. Yep, he'd be gone. He'd be I gone. Think, I think so. I agree. Because yeah. attendance would be just as bad, if not worse, than it is this season. No, I, I, I think – I believe that some people came back early in the year because they couldn't see last year. And then they came back and went, well, screw this. This is the same old thing dressed up as a little bit prettier package. But they're still inconsistent, and they still can't win string wins together. There's something really wrong with the program, and I'm tired of being okay, just good enough. I'm, I'm exhausted by it. Am I crazy for thinking that yes. Gene Taylor could oh, actually sure. make a good hire if they do indeed go hire a new basketball coach? Well, well the one question, who's next? Who's, who are you going to hire? Someone else. That's how it works. Yeah. It's not my job to pick who it is. I mean, he's. We were talking about this in our in our group text, but Gene has done a fairly good job of hiring coaches. I mean, if you look around at Kleiman and, and and with Chris Kleiman in the climate that he was hired in, who else would they have gotten that would be better than him right now? 
mean, from that coaching class, at least in the Big 12, he's the he's best. The best. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to throw baseball, I know it's not a revenue sport, but I mean, that's probably about as good of a coach as you could get to come to Manhattan uh, in Pete Hughes. And so those are the only two coaches he's hired, right? I mean, unless I'm no, forgetting anybody, but that's two for two. Right now, you are two for two. And let's not forget, Pete Hughes was a little bit controversial. He was. Because... Fired from Oklahoma. Fired from Oklahoma, but more notable than that is Coach Hill at K-State, when they overlapped in the conference, Coach Hill had a better record at K-State than Pete Hughes had at Oklahoma. That's kind of a red flag for me. Mm -hmm. But after hearing a little bit of the background, and he didn't really culturally fit at any point, he didn't ever felt welcome there, I, I and knowing, get to know Pete a little bit, I see that would be disrupting to how he wants to do business. And I think he feels that here, and I believe in him. But you can't go find a coach that failed at Illinois and bring him in. I mean, that's what happened last time. There's there's some unique challenges to how they're going to go about this. You, you tend to react with your next hire. You don't hire what you just hired. So probably we're not going to see a recycled coach. But he also hired someone unproven in football from a much lower level, and that was controversial. So where's he going to go with this? See, I, I don't think that was controversial just for the fact that— Oh, it was. Well, I mean, it was, sure. But from from his perspective, he know he knows. Oh, I, I, well, that's that's the reason why it's controversial. That's, it looked like it looked like he was hiring his boy. All right, just it's my buddy. I'm going to bring him in here. Hmm, fair enough. And so that's notable too. You can't turn around and say, "Well, this guy worked for me at North Dakota State." Is that your whole circle? You know, you, you can't have that. Yeah, I mean, he's dodged a bullet here because women's basketball is not going to need to change this year. Their recruiting seems to be really picked up. So, I mean, maybe this this will be it. Maybe he'll – I I bet you Gene's got a very short list in his pocket, and he's, he's already reached out to agents and – he knows generally what direction he's going to go. I don't envy Gene Taylor right now. No, I don't either. Uh, coaching searches in this current environment is just so difficult. Especially for basketball. Right. Especially for basketball. Because this is such a, pro- a program that has such a proud tradition that has really slipped. And I don't envy Gene Taylor at all. At least with case with football, yes, you're replacing a legend in Bill Snyder, and that's not any easier. But you have had some success. And there is some talent still there. There was some talent still there, right? I mean, he goes eight and four his first season. So there's talent there. And you have such a much bigger roster where you're able to manage it. Basketball, you got guys leave. You have to bring in a whole new team. It's a completely different looking team. Yeah. So I don't envy Gene Taylor at all. I think the, the the portal makes it much more survivable now. You don't have to go get a bunch of freshmen to fill your roster. You can just load up on guys. And maybe they're one and done. And you could, then you can delay the recruiting process by year yep next question from el camino cat excluding k-state do you foresee any basketball coaching changes in the big 12 this offseason i don't think so i think mike boyton's safe i do too they're playing for him right now i think yeah i really like mike boyton i think that texas texas tech baylor they're all fine. He's used not firing Jamie Dixon. Jamie Dixon's going to be there for forever, I think. Iowa State first year. Hugs might retire. Uh, That's yeah, the only I one. guess the only the only coaching changes I can see they're not going to be there's I don't think there's going to be a firing other than Bruce Weber. That's the only firing I foresee. But retiring, maybe Bob, Bill Self, maybe goes to the NBA. Don't we say that every year? Yes, but it's. The, 
part of the fun. Yeah. That's part of the news cycle. Stokovich still do it. He loves the NBA. Just loves it. He loves basketball. If he knows that there's sanctions incoming, oh, yeah. he will leave. There's no indications there will ever be sanctions. He's yeah. untouchable. I, and even hugs, if he retires, I I wouldn't be surprised they just re- promote Eric Martin. Just keep it within the staff. I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking Huggins. Other than that, I'd, the only other one would be Boynton. But maybe I to think. leave somewhere, go somewhere else. But I don't know where he would go. I mean, uh, K-State. No, I would take that. <laughs> I would. I would take that. Well, and just let everyone know we. I mentioned this on Talk Radio today. We've had a hot board that's been lukewarm for three years. I mean, it's sitting in our admin, getting altered every year. It's in the oven. It's now in the oven. It's in the oven. It's in the oven. We think we've got it down to a nice round fifteen. Now I know fifteen sounds like a lot. But I want you to know the history and why, if we needed a hot list, hot board, there's going to be 15. Ten years ago, we cut it to 10. We thought that was enough. And one of the guys we cut was Bruce Weber. Mm. So we're like, okay, we got to extend it out. You can't read the mind of the athletics director. Certainly John Curry, you can't. Let's extend it out. Because there's a lot of good young candidates. KT Turner at Oklahoma, right? That's where he's mm-hmm. at now. Mm-hmm. I'm so confused. He's been at Texas, Oklahoma. His dad coached with Altman here in Manhattan. He was grew up here. Um, so there's there's good candidates out there. There's plenty of guys that that might get the shot and be good. I like Tang at Baylor. I don't think he's ever going to leave there. I think they pay him so much to be associate head coach and do what he does. He won't go to a public school. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of good coaches out there, and we've got a really nice list uh, assembled. Our Ryan Wallace is one of the two private investigators on our staff. <laughs> Should we break the news right here on the podcast? Let's do it. If you want to. I think we do. You can say it. So I'm uh, sitting at home. What was that, Sunday night? Sunday night. And I'm watching 1883. Great show. Oh, I love I haven't watched this episode yet. Don't spoil it. Freaking incredible. Best thing ever to be put on TV. And I include Band of Brothers in that, which I think is awesome. Anyhow, Zach calls. Why does Zach call me on a Sunday night? He knows this is my naked Cheetos night. <laughs> okay, that was, that was not true. It's just seeing if you're listening. I think Chris Kleiman's house is on fire. Like, well, hi, Zach. So as we were sitting in our house, now Zach and I live, both live on the west side of town, but he lives out uh, in the really, really rich part of town. No, I don't. Okay, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but he lives farther uh, northwest than me. Correct. And I heard the sirens, massive amounts of sirens in the distance. And I thought, wow, there are sirens in the Old West. I didn't know that. I thought it was on TV. That's kind of sounded like the, um, But he heard them. And so he went to the fire department's website and saw the address of what they were responding to and said, uh, hold on. And what's the, what's the site? The uh, G- the GIS, the Bradley County. Yeah, that shows you the can- owner of every property. Yeah. You should probably put your house in a trust if you want to be a little private. Yeah. Yeah. That's other advice. So as it turned out, there was a lot of smoke and not much fire, but a lot of response because the head football coach's house, his house, his house was on fire. (laughs) Can't say the rest. Um, But it really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Chris was, it turned out he's out of town. I'm like calling 
and texting people. Gene Taylor calls me back and goes, what? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he got a hold of him and said, yeah, it was their house. They had like a speaker or a light or something that was smoking like crazy. And she put out the fire by herself and everyone showed up. I think she, I think daddy was out of town and she just wanted the firefighters to show up. <laughs> That's just my theory, Chris. I mean, I'm not kidding. Have a nice day. I'm not kidding. There was probably six fire trucks there, plus police, EMS. It was a whole scene. That's, that's a lot of. It was a whole scene. Strapping guys pulling hoses right there. Uh huh. There you go. So yanking those hoses off the truck. No, there's no transition. No, we just got to get out of this. <laughs> Next, next question comes from Rasslin, 1982. Uh, a poster on here named GPC underscore wallet or something like that had a great idea to do a better version of what Prince did for the spring game and use it to help recruiting. Especially important now that we seem to be doing a lot of spring portal signees. Thoughts? I can't tell if that's a joke or if if no, he if he really thinks his name is Wallet. I don't know. Is he messing around? I don't know. I don't know. Let's don't get know. to the question, though. What is he talking about? What did what did Wally say? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, just, but well, the question is the about print, the spring game. The Prince. Prince had a carnival in the spring game, and so there's a lot of kids showed, a lot of families showed up. There was actually really decent attendance, and they I mean, had a draft. They yeah, that's the, right. The, oh, that's they cool. They split the bands up. Each team had a band. Daphne, <laughs> we are currently busy podcasting. She really went for my hand. Um, yeah, they split the band up. They yeah, had... the coordinators were the head coaches, and they drafted the teams, which was cool. Yeah. So I agree with it. I agree with that. I think if you're going to do a spring game, you got to do it. You got to have fun with it. You got maybe only play a half and make a bunch of contests. You know, like a tug of war with the offense, defensive lineman, or you know, whatever. I don't know. Make it fun. Make it fun. Have some fun with it. Or do what Chris did and just shut it down. We're not going to play a game. We're going to use a 15th practice. I'm fine either way. Don't half-ass it like Bill Snyder was doing. He would he would play the game but not make it exciting. Nobody wanted to show up. What was the purpose of having the game? You didn't really play in front of much of a crowd. You're, it's not that competitive. You're so low on numbers in the spring. Uh, so either do one or the other, but just do it. So I, I'm all in on wallet, this wallet guy. Uh, yeah. Bring bring in the Ferris wheel. Have a little concert. Do the whole thing. Whatever. Goo goo dolls. Go, bring in the goo goo dolls. Rick Ross for, for uh, Matt Walters to scream at. <laughs> oh, goo goo dolls! I'm Matt Walters. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. and or just go have a fifteenth practice and call us up afterwards. And say it went swell. I'm sorry that fifteenth practice that they had last year. That was lame. That was lame. Half ask is get do it. What was an hour and a half that they had that oh that was open to the public to come watch? And I get they were still dealing with some COVID stuff. I get that, but I mean, I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Now, I think it should be a celebration for the players more than anything. Like you have made it this far; it's the last time you'll put on pads until the fall. This that's why you have a spring game, right? You don't sure you have a spring game for the fans, but you have it for the players, right? They've worked hard. I think they deserve it. So um, again, if I am if if I'm in charge, I am making exactly what you're talking about. More like a celebration of the hard work and let's get the fans excited. Now, if Taylor Taylor Martinez, if Adrian Martinez was healthy and able to practice and be a full go in the spring, I think that would help fans come out for a, a potential spring game. But now they're not obviously going to do that. So I don't know. I'm with you. Though. I think they need to have something. 
I think basketball has been so detrimental to just positivity among the fan base. Is there a, a K-State baseball game that weekend of the the final spring practice? Because there really should be. They should coordinate this. It should be a the spring game should be a whole weekend celebration of K State athletics. Whether it's baseball, I don't honestly. I don't think there's any other <laughs> sports you can go watch. You can track. watch track, I guess, but that's just yeah. There realistic. should be a baseball game, and there then should be a baseball yeah. game in the afternoon. Have the spring game at five or six. Run around, have a Ferris wheel carnival, whatever. Bring fans in, sell tickets. They don't have to be expensive, five, ten bucks, whatever. Sell sell beer, sell whatever. Invite people to tailgate. Do a tailgating competition. Do whatever. You know, you can make this an event if you care. But, I mean, after COVID, and I get that football season was pretty much normal this last year, but... Give after after this basketball season, give the fans coming off of a big bowl win something to to buy into the program because that's gonna carry momentum going into the twenty twenty two season. I agree. Last question of the podcast comes from Wizard Six Two Nine Four. Thank, Thank you, Daphne. You, Daphne. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Jawan Howard slap at the end of the game against Wisconsin? Is that scuffle worse than the Silvio stool debacle? Yes. It's worse. Yes, the head coach. And he made contact. Yeah. It wasn't just a little... And then he tried to excuse it. The whole thing was ridiculous. Um, I don't know, man. He's a really good coach. I mean, he's done good things at Michigan, but I don't see how you retain him after that. Because it's not his first, first time he's done it. I mean... He's still and, and and it's it's weird that we were just talking about Greg Marshall on the last podcast, right? Um, and I'm not comparing this to that in any way whatsoever because, to be honest, I don't I don't think they're very similar besides the fact that they both lost their temper, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that everything that has happened with Juwan Howard this year in Michigan underperforming and them probably not going to make the NCAA tournament, he just let the moment get too big. Yeah. And he's a young guy. Like he's he's not even forty yet, is he? I don't I don't even think yeah, he's I forty. Think, I don't think so. If not, he's early forties. Right and so I think maybe I think maybe Michigan keeps him, but if they don't, somebody's gonna hire him. And I don't think this is something to where he should never be able to coach again. But you're right. I do think oh, that he's forty nine. He's forty nine? He was on the Fab Five, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was like thirty years ago. <laughs> He's forty. He he played in the NBA till he was like forty, didn't he? I don't know, but saying he's not forty, okay. he's on the Fab Five. Good grief! He's a young coach still. I'll, let me just—he's a young Fine. coach. Fine. And I don't think he deserves to never coach again or anything like that. But yeah, the fact that this was a grown man getting into a fight with another grown man makes it worse than players and kids getting into a fight. I agree. Optics, maybe. Maybe looked worse for K-State and KU, but as far as what's actually worse, when you have two supposed leaders going at each other, because the Wisconsin guy, he's not, he's not, there's, it's not like he's innocent here. I mean, if there's no slap, it's still a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's still a big deal if there's no slap. So if Juwan Howard is fired by Michigan, does he go on the K-State hot board if needed? Yes. Agreed. Not if needed. He's on it for the clicks. 
And he's the he's the thumbnail. And I'm sorry, but if he gets fired, you have to make a that call. That was a very honest answer. But I'm sorry. If Jawan Howard is fired, one of the versions of the hot board, he will be the thumbnail. He will and be the picture on the front page. And if, all the Michigan fans will come over and click it. If you're Gene Taylor and that happens, you pick <clears throat> up the phone. Him. I talk to him. I do. I do, too. Now, that's all you can now, do is talk to him. I mean, that's not saying now, anything. The two but. sides of this are, are, one, I don't think he'll be fired because he's home. That's his, that's his people. They know him better than any of us. If they fire him, that's actually a pretty big red flag. Sure. But on the other side of it, it is his home. So the pressure might be more immense than we understand leading to this. Not that he wouldn't be invested at another school such as K-State, but it is different when it's your alma mater. It is different. There is more skin in the game, which could be good and could be bad. Scott Frost, I'm talking about you. I came all the way around talking basketball about Michigan, and I just set that up to take a shot at you, Scott Frost. Why don't you slap someone see what happens? Like me. No, don't do that. I'm I'm us. We're out. We're done. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.